0: 1 Ch- Samuel chapter one, and we're going to sing just before we preach. First Samuel chapter one. If you'll put that up on the board, guys, I would appreciate it. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word. All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray. Oh, Man will be showered all around. Heavenly Father, we bow before you today in glorious worship and acknowledgement that you are God Almighty, God of the Bible, our Savior, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Advocate, our Intercessor, our All in All the very sustainer of our life and the very purpose of our life. And we have set aside this time and this day to come and to worship you. And hopefully, God, we can worship you in spirit and in truth. God, I pray right now that sweet Holy Spirit just be welcome in this service. Lord, there's no way in the world that a sorry guy like me could even begin to meet the needs of these people. Some need to be saved. Some need comfort. Some need strength. Some need wisdom and light for the journey. Some just need encouragement. And Lord, I pray today that you will do what needs to be done. Our sufficiency, Lord, is in thee and thee alone. And God, I just ask you today that I might be hid behind the shadow of that cross and that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our coming King, would be lifted up and glorified and honored as he ought to be and deserves to be and is worthy of today. And Lord, I pray that. I pray, God, today that you'll make... The preaching's so simple that the smallest child could grasp it and get a hold of it. I pray, God, keep us away from secular mind games and junk like that and help us to preach the word. I pray, God, today for the marriages of this church, that you'll keep them together, that you'll strengthen them, and God, that they would be a delight and not a drudgery. I pray, Lord, a sweet work of the Holy Ghost will happen, Lord, that increase the strength of our homes and families. And I'm asking God that you would just be gracious to all of us. Lord, thank you for your sweet mercy day by day that we need. Thank you, Lord, for your keeping power. And God, I thank you for the truth. And I pray, God, that we would love the truth here this morning, that we would receive it, Lord, and not reject it. And God, I pray that our ears and our hearts would be attentive to the Holy Ghost while we preach the Word of God. And I pray, God, again, that it be to thy glory in Jesus' name. Amen. First Samuel chapter one, we're going to read just a while and it's up on the board. If you don't happen to have your Bible, maybe you can read there with us. Now there was a certain man of Ramatham, Zophim of Mount Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, the son of Roham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. Now let me say something to you. A lot of men in the Bible had more than one wife, but God never did approve of that. He permitted that, but he did not approve of that. He didn't create Adam with three wives. Amen. Amen. One wife. Just because God allows, God allows a lot of stuff to go on in his mercy and his long suffering, but he doesn't always approve. And when we violate that, there's going to be a lot of problems occur and you're going to see a problem with two wives here real quick. I can't imagine a guy wanting two wives. Amen. Anyway, (laughs) I'll tell you what let's do. Let's have a good time in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm as happy as a pig in slop, but I ain't a slop. Amen. I'm telling you right now. I'm glad in the Lord this morning. Verse number two, and he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the other, uh, name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phoenice, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters, portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Now, I'm telling you right now, there's no way that I'm going to preach all the wonderful truths that are here. Hannah did not know, I do not believe that Hannah knew that God had shut her womb up, but he had. God has purposes in what he's allowing to go on in your life, things you may not understand. You may be wanting to get married and nobody seems to be there for you. Let me tell you, God's got a plan for you. And uh, you may not have children and God has a plan for you. And I'm telling you something, but it wasn't easy for her and it took faith for her to go through this. All right. There's a lot of situations in life that we're facing that we may not know the why or understand why. The old song says we'll understand it better by and by. But uh, sometimes life is rough and sometimes life is tough. And it was tough for Hannah here. And I want you to get all you can from her life. Now I want you to watch verse number six. Not only had the Lord shut up her womb, but her adversary also provoked, provoked her sore and made her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up, uh, to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Now, it seems to be here that the person provoking her was the other wife. That's what it appears. I can't be for sure on that, but it appears that was the case. He evidently mocked her and, and intimidated her and uh, shamed her and so forth. And there was probably a great amount of jealousy, as you would expect to be in a home where there's two wives. And verse number seven, and as he did for and so she provoked her, therefore she, Hannah, wept, and did not eat. Now I want you to get this. Uh, you pay attention to these words. The Holy Spirit didn't put them there for nothing. And then said Elkanah her husband to her Hannah, "Why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved?" And I think it would be good sometimes this morning to ask yourself, "Why is my heart grieved and how am I going to respond to it?" Grief is a a, a love word. You don't grieve over people that you don't love. There's people maybe shot in Chicago this morning, and I'm not grieving very much over it, probably because I don't know them. And I, you know, but people that you love, you grieve over easily. And uh, am I not better to thee than ten sons? Now he knew what the problem was. He brings up ten sons. I'm, Am I not better to you than ten sons? And uh, so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she Hannah. Was in bitterness of soul. Once you pay attention to the condition of this woman, what's going through and what she's dealing with in her life, and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Now, there's one of the greatest secrets you'll ever know. She was in bitterness of soul, and what would she do? She prayed. She didn't get mad and quit on God kick out and become bitter and sour. In her bitterness, she went to the Lord. That's the only thing to do, folks. The other routes, the other route won't get you nowhere. Verse number eleven. I want you to pay attention. She vowed a vow and said, "O Lord of Host," and that's a specific title, Lord of Host. That's the God of battle. That's the God of war. That's the God of power. If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, underline remember me. Did you know who said that in the Bible? Who? One of the dying thieves, one of the dying thieves on the cross, said, "Remember me." That's a pretty good prayer. Remember me. And not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of my life. And there shall come no razor upon his head. Now the razor deal is a Nazarene vow, Nazarite vow. It had to do with being dedicated to God, consecrated to God, and willing to be uh, uh, bear reproach for the name of Jesus Christ. That's a whole other subject. Verse number 12, and he came to, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli, now he's the high priest sitting there, marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. There you go folks, now she's praying. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken, and put away away thy wine from thee? And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul, underline that, poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace. Underline that. Find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. I'd underline that. I, I hope this morning if you came in with a sad countenance into church, and I have many, many times. I've come into church with a sad countenance. And You need to be alert of other people with sad countenance. There's usually something going on. And Give them a smile. Give them a handshake. Give them a hug. Give them a word of encouragement. Let them know you love them. Let them know that God will take them through. What good are we as a church if we can't be a blessing to each other and help each other when we're going through grief and sorrow. I mean, you can go to bar, yes, if you want to. You can go to the shrink if you want to, but I'd rather come to church. I can get help at church. Well, uh, verse number uh, 19, they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Hmm. She asked him to remember her and he did. Verse 20, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I ask him of the Lord. Samuel, the name means ask of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Oh, parents, oh, parents, get a hold of this. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth good, Terry, until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. Look at that. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son a formula that you couldn't find on the shelves. I got an honor streak in me like, Huh? Oh, okay, all right, I forgot about that. Thank you, Brother Joe. Anyway, um, boy, Reggie, get off this quick. I just couldn't help that, amen? Now, I'm going to tell you about Ronnie Simpson. He's a little rough and tough, and I'm here, first time he ever preached here. He said, breastfed babies are more beautiful. <laughs> and everybody in our congregation is going, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, amen. They're all ugly, Amen. <laughs> There I go. There I go. <laughs> Everybody lies to you. Oh, look at my baby. Oh, he's so pretty. <laughs> Reggie, get to preaching. I'm a meddling meddling. I'm off in the briar patch already. And verse number 24, when she... <laughs> Now don't you look at me like that, sister. Your baby is very beautiful. I don't want to get in fight with your husband. <laughs> Oh, Jordan was looking up at me with his fist up like that. <laughs> Jordan, I'm lying. Ain't I? Bless your heart. Oh my goodness. And he, she took with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Now watch this. She she comes to this, the house of God with an offering, with this child, and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, "Oh, my Lord." As thy soul liveth, O my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto God. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Now chapter 2, Hannah starts praying again. She just didn't pray to God when she needed something. After God had given her everything her heart wanted, she, she prayed, and she praised God for it. Boy, get this. Because, I mean, you see, it's one thing when you're in trouble and you need help from God to pray. It's another thing when God answers to say, Lord, I'm still going to pray, and I'm still going to praise you. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord, and my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord. Listen to this woman pray. For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weight. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired them out, out for, themselves out for bread. They that were hungry ceased. So that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. Now I'm going to stop right here and tell you something. If you want to know theology, you want to know the Bible, you want to know God Almighty, you better read this woman's prayer. God does things and we don't know why. We don't understand things. But he has a right to and he knows what he's doing and why he's doing it. And he has our good in mind. That's a powerful bunch of stuff right there. She said, verse number eight, he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. By the way, there are pillars in the earth. How many knows that? In the center of this earth, there's pillars. This round sphere has pillars in it. Literally. Verse number nine, he will keep the feet of the saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces out of heaven. Shall he thunder upon them? The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointing. That woman believed the Bible. Amen. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. In the book of Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 and before, I just want to ask you to listen. Just, just, just rest in the Lord this morning and listen if you can. Not because I'm preaching, but because of the message that God has for us. A great verse to me in the Bible has been Romans 15, 4, where it says, Whatsoever things are written aforetime, that's in the Old Testament, what we're reading right now, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. God says, if you want hope and you want comfort and you want strength, go back to the Old Testament and read the lives of these people and I will give you strength and hope and comfort through that. The brides of the Bible often and especially in the Old Testament are pictures of the church in varying aspects of the church. Eve and Sarah and Rebecca and Abigail and Rahab and so forth. And today we're going to look at Hannah because Hannah is a picture of the church. And to me, it's amazing. We're just about at camp meeting time and we're asking God to move and God to consecrate and dedicate and save and draw us closer to him and uh, to cause us to bring more glory to his life. But we look at Hannah as a picture of the church and I want to preach a message from barrenness to bountifulness. I want to look at Hannah and this account in three different ways. Number one, her personal story in her life. Number two, as a picture of the church and, and the story of the church and the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. And number three, how it speaks to you individually in your life. These are biblical, real and true principles of life and God help us to get it. Number one, and I'm going to move fast. If you want to write these down, you can write down. Number one was Hannah's barrenness. Hannah's barrenness. In verse number two, chapter one, the Bible tells us that she was barren. It says there in verse number two, she had no children. And in verse number five and verse number six, the Lord had shut up her children her, uh, uh, her womb. And I want to tell you something this morning in the Bible days, whether you like it or not, and it still ought to be so today, i tell you, God created women to have children, whether you like that or don't like that. Amen. One of the reasons there's such a battle in our culture about this thing of abortion is because it is a battle against the creative design of God almighty. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think there's anything sweeter than seeing a mother with a baby, uh, in her arms. And God help us to once again tell our children that children are a blessing and that they ought to be loved and nourished and welcomed into our families and welcomed into our church. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I w- wouldn't you hate to go to a church where everybody walked up and said, how many are you going to have anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't somebody told you how you can fix that? that they, people get that in these churches. I'm telling you, it's right. crazy. I'm glad to go to a church where people are tickled that you have children. Amen. Amen. Right. But she was barren. Let me just tell you a little bit about barrenness. There was a man in the Bible, awful barren, and he had everything you could imagine. His name was Solomon. The Bible said that Solomon had wealth, and he had the women, and he had the wine. He had everything you could imagine. And he got to the end of the road, and he said, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. And you know what he said? I actually just basically, I want to die. We might put that up a little bit later. But he, she was barren. And then the Bible said this, because of her barrenness, she got bothered. Look in verse number six of chapter one. Her adversary provoked her sore to make her shut up, make her to fret. She got bothered. Can I tell you something? I, I appreciate Hannah because she didn't just get bitter, she got bothered about. You know, you ought to get bothered about some things. I watched this, evening, uh, uh, this morning a c- clip on a, a congressman, bless his heart. I want to find out who this man is. But he was asking these pro abortion people in a congressional hearing this week, he asked this woman, Can you define a woman? And she said, Well, I'm a woman. And he said, Can you define a woman? And she re- refused to. He asked her, what's the difference between a child nine minutes old and a child still in the womb? And she couldn't answer him. And he asked, her, he asked another lady about, you know, uh, this transgender garbage going on and all this stuff. And they couldn't answer him. And he kept on, they, they kept trying to get him to go off. He kept, he kept hitting them with it. I'm going to tell you something, it's time for the American church to get bothered. Amen. I'm going to tell you, America is barren of spiritual truth. And I know I'm jumping right now, but she got bothered. God help us to get bothered. She got bothered about her barrenness. It moved her into action. In verse number eight, she got burdened. Elkanah, her husband, said, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? And why is the heart grieved? She got burdened about her barrenness. She wanted her life to count. And then I'm going to run through these quickly. She got bitter in verse number 10. And i tell you something. Don't think she didn't ask God a thousand times. Why? 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 Lord, why? I'm sure she got God, why? Why? does Penina have all these children and I can't have children? And you may have situations in your life where you, where you feel like things are barren and you're burdened about it and you're bothered about it, but if you're not careful you'll get bitter and respond, respond to God in the wrong way. And I want to tell you something about her. She didn't stay in the mud hole in the bit, of bitterness but she responded with prayer. Instead of being a sour-spirited person and quitting on God and quitting on her family and getting holed up into a hole and becoming hard and calloused, which is easy to do, she prayed. And I'll tell you what, when you start feeling yourself getting bitter about the way life's treated you, start praying. And it'll help things rather than anything else. But the next thing happened to her was brokenness. That's in verse number seven. If you look at verse number seven, you'll see that she wept and she did not eat. She's being broken by the Lord. Look at verse number 15. You see her brokenness. And she poured out her soul before the Lord in the last part of that verse. And number 16, count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken thereto. Let me just tell you what God does with every Christian, bar none. You will not be excluded. If you're saved, you will be broken fact of it is, to really get saved, you have to be broken. You have to be broken of your self-righteousness. You have to be broken of your willfulness against God. Broken of yourself and broken to the point of where you see. In fact, that's why in Romans chapter, Matthew chapter 5, where it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What it's talking about there is realizing that you and I are spiritually bankrupt. We don't have anything to offer God. And we come before God broken and bankrupt before God and saying, God, I need a Savior. God, I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. And you come to God broken before God. And by the way, after you're saved, that cycle continues and God continuously breaks. I've been saved now for uh, 40 some years and let me tell you something. God has broken me over and it just never stops. Never stops. God continuously breaks us to conform us to the end. And by the way, can I say to you that the grace of God ministers to people through the broken cracks of your soul. Don't be hard. Don't be callous. The Bible, Paul said, endure hardness as a good soldier of the cross. But American churches are full of people that are hard that are callous. You went through a marriage and I'm telling you what, you hate each other's guts and you wouldn't be caught in the same building with them. And, you, and if you're not careful, people have hurt you and wounded you in the house of your friends and your family and your church. And you pulled your heart and they've stabbed your heart and cut your heart to shreds and pieces and bloods all over the table of your life. And you reached out and you pulled back off the table of your life. What was left of your pierced and cut up and wounded heart. And you say, I'll never let anybody hurt me again. I'll never get close to anybody again. I'll never love anybody again. I'll never get I'll never try to serve God again. All I'm gonna get is a broken and wounded heart. But let me just tell you something. It's through brokenness. You better respond to that right. You better fall on your face and say, God, I wasn't nothing when you saved me, and I'm nothing now. And God let break me, do what you need to do because we're harder and prouder than we know. Amen. And God needs to break us. And you go all the way through the Bible. God continuously broken people over and over again. And you're never going to get to a point in your spirituality and your spiritual growth where you do not need to be broken. And then after her brokenness, we see she had a backslid leader. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't get anything out of this message today, you get this. She went up there to pray and seek God. And brother, I tell you, she was burdened. She was, she was broken before God. I'm telling you what, she was dealing with bitterness and she's praying her heart out to God and the preacher says, you're drunk? Can I tell you a little secret? Are you listen to this preacher today? You're going to go to church many times in your life where the leadership of the church is more backslid than anybody else in the building. Are you listening to me? Do y'all think I walk real, what do you think I am, some kind of angel? No. No. You get this. You know why you need to get this? Because if you're not careful, there'll be some preacher smart off to you like he did to Hannah. Right. Yeah. How would you like to be pouring your heart out, broken hearted, and the preacher say, what's the matter with you, drunk? Yeah. No compassion? Yeah. No heart? didn't even get up off his stupid high horse seat and say, sister, can they help you? What's wrong? Is there any way we can help you? You're going to go to church where the preacher ain't even right half the time. Get over it. Well, you see, the preacher did this and the preacher did this. A man was saved. I baptized him up here in the creek. And some of you remember him. Uh, uh, Brother, uh, live down in YY. Can somebody help me? Danny on the left there. Brother Hicks. Do you know what he told me the first time I ever talked to him about his soul? It's in my book. I put the account in my book. It's so powerful. I said, I said Brother Hicks, don't you think you ought to get saved? And He, saw, he was sitting in his house. Brother Brett, I want to tell you. What, he looked at me just as straight as a train. He said, I want to tell you something, son. He said, I've been coming to church up here, and I do like your preaching, or I wouldn't be there. But he said, when I was a young man, I was going to church all the time. And he said, the war broke out. He said, my best friend got drafted. And he said he left his wife here. And the preacher stole my best friend's wife away from him while he was over there fighting war. He said, I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't have no confidence in preachers, and I'm watching you. (laughs) My brother led him to Christ later on. I baptized him. But you know what he was doing? He'd been hurt and wounded in the church. Sometimes the spiritual leadership is way worse shaped than you are. But if you're not careful, you'll say, well, if that's the way that preacher's going to be, I'm going to quit church. If that's the way the preacher's going to be, I'm not going to serve God anymore. Right. If Hannah would done that, she'd have never saw what she saw God do in her life. She didn't let a messed up preacher bust her life up. Amen. 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 She dealt with a backslid spiritual leadership, and you're going to do too. American people, that's why the devil pumps them up. Let me tell you what he'll do. He'll make you a Jimmy Swagger that you've just got everybody in America listening to you. And he'll let you just be lifted and lifted and lifted and lifted, and then kaboom. After he's got the whole country listening to you, kaboom. And it happens over and over again, 700 Club. Yeah, right on and on it goes. Let me tell you something. Historically, spiritual leadership will mess up on you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. If I mess up, what's it going to do? Is it going to blow you out of the saddle? You're going to be sitting at the house on Sunday morning trying to figure out who you can watch online. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, you better get a hold of this woman. She didn't, by the way, she didn't smart back at him. No. She just told him the truth. And then the, she made a bargain with God. If you want right to write you, they're all bees. <laughs> she made a bargain with God. And you say, I don't think you ought to bargain with God. Well, everybody in the Bible did nearly. You just go back there and they'll say, Lord, if you'll do this, oh Lord, if you'll do this. She said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give you right back to you. I'm not a big I'm not big on that kind of stuff, but there are some times in life when you get so desperate and you're so broken, you just say, God. I'll do what you want me to do if you'll just answer my prayer. She was broken. She vowed a vow. She said, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. And she gave that child to God in dedication and devotion. But I want to give you number eight. Now, if you want to go back down, number one, she was barren. Because of her barrenness, number two, she got bothered. She got bothered, she got burdened. After she got burdened, she got, she got in the middle of fighting a bit battle of bitterness. And in that bitterness, God broke her. And when she got broken, she found out she had a backslid leadership. <laughs> and things are pretty bad. Amen. And then she began to bargain with God. And then I want to get you to get this. Don't you let this get away from me. She believed God i am tell you, I like the way that woman's praying. She's a praying and she's a weeping and she had not been eating. And I'll tell you what, the preacher, he made a smart remark at her and he, he tried to blow her out of the water. And I'll tell you what, and all of a sudden God answered that prayer through that preacher, whether he is light like with God. I get, did you get that? He still, God still was using that preacher even though he was a mess. Yeah. And she believed God. She jumped up. Her countenance changed. She put a smile on her face. And this is Romans four seventeen, where they call those things which be not so that they can be, and those things that are not as they are. You know what she said? God heard my prayer. Amen. How I many of you have ever heard old James Durant, not the, not the actor, but the preacher James Durant? His mama would pray. I know I've said this, but I'm going to do it again. His mama would pray for him to get saved. He about 20 years old, still living at home. And his mama, every morning, she'd fix his oatmeal, put it on the table. And when he was eating his oatmeal, she would go. In the bedroom out there but just a few feet away getting on her knees. say oh god save james oh god save james and this went on for years oh god he said i look i got used to eat my oatmeal here oh god save james oh and he said i got hard i got bitter i got i don't want nothing. They just yes. and he said i got up one morning and he said mama fixed oatmeal mama went in the side room started praying oh god save james oh god save james all of a sudden Woo! Glory! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, God! She ran through that door, grabbed old James. I won't do your new. (laughs) He looks tough and rough, amen. I'm careful about who I grab. (laughs) She grabbed old James at the breakfast table with a spoon of oatmeal up, said, James, 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 you're saved, you're saved, you're saved! James said, Mama, I ain't saved, jumped up from the table, ran out, left his oatmeal, and walked down the sidewalk to a place where he worked. So I can't believe. My mama grabbed me like that and say, You're saved, you're saved, you're saved. You know what happened? God had told her. You see, God says you believe in such a way, you pray through such a way, the Holy Ghost says, It's done. Ding 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 ding. It's done. And old James was mad. He went down to work. He said, I was working to work. He said, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came on me. Yeah. Holy Spirit of God convicted me. I'm a sinner. You're headed to hell. You could die in the next three seconds. I'm telling you, you better get saved now. You got to get saved now. He said, the fear of the Lord fell upon me. And he said, there's a man I was working with who was a Christian. That's why it's important for you to be a Christian where you're living. He said, I went over to him. He said, I need to get saved. He said, well, that's wonderful. I need to get saved right now. And so he said, "He well, let's just drop on it. He said, they're behind them bowlers." We dropped on our knees and I asked God to have mercy upon my soul and God saved me right there in that place where I worked. He said, I jumped up. He said, me and him went around telling everybody. He said, I had a boss that was a Christian. He said, James, bless God almighty, I'm tickled to hear you got saved. James said, listen, my mama, She'd been praying for me years. Would you care if I went home and told mama about me getting saved? He said, you get out of here and go tell your mother you got saved. He said, I was hiking down the sidewalk to mama thinking, oh, mama shouted this morning. You watch what mama does now. He said, I walked down and he said, I walked and slung that screen door open and he said, mama's sitting there sewing or knitting or doing something like that. Whatever them women do with needles and stuff, you know. And he said, mama, 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 guess what? She said, you're saved. (laughs) How do you know that? God told me this morning he's going to save you. That's what happened to Hannah. She prayed through. I do not believe in praying through to be saved. You're saved the second you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ's blood, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that he died in your place. God have mercy upon me. I put my trust in God. Saves you instantly. Amen. Amen. But after you're saved, there's some things you're going to have to pray through about. That's right. I mean, now lay me down to sleep and pray my soul soul to keep, however that goes. I ain't prayed in a long time. (laughs) Ain't going to get it. Sometimes you're going to have to pray, go to work, come back and pray. You're going to have to go off in the woods and pray. And you're going to have to pray. I I hadn't been preaching very long. And I was preaching against the Pope and everybody in the country got mad at me. Seemed like Springfield newspaper called down, said we're going to destroy your family and all kinds. Of, I mean, it was coming in. I was like, all I thought I was doing was preaching what the Bible, you're for But grace, so you're saved. Some Pope don't save you, amen. Mary don't intercede for you, amen. There ain't no place called purgatory, amen. I just thought I was preaching the Bible. Everybody gets ticked off at me. Don't attack them, don't attack. I, was, I ain't attacking them, I'm just preaching the word of God, amen. Who, who loves them, you or me? Right, right, yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you, I got some burden because it's just coming in. And when the Springfield newspaper, Springfield's leader, in case you're listening, <laughs> called me up. And mean, literally told me, said, we are going to destroy you and your entire family. Oh, wow. and I lived down in that holler. I told you this stuff. If you've been here 20 years, you've heard this 15 times, 42 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, I said so heavy, I couldn't hardly take it. And I walked across that yard, walked across that little old creek and through that little old gate and the fence deal there. And I walked up in the woods on the side of the hill and I laid down. Oh, I didn't, I, I knelt and I had my Bible and I was praying. I said, Lord, I didn't know, I, I don't know what to do. I said, like it's affecting my whole family. And Lord, it just seemed like, I don't know what to do. Lord, what's going on? And boy, I going to tell you something, pretty soon I laid myself out prostrate on the ground. And I'm telling you what, I poured my soul out to God. I said, God, I'm telling you something right now. I told you when you called me to preach, if you'd put it in me, I'd preach it. God, they're trying to intimidate, kind of put the fear of man inside me. They're trying to shut me up, God, from telling the truth. God, you've got to have to do something inside my heart. God, you've got to put. I'm telling you what, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I wept and I wept and I got done in nothing. But I didn't no more than to pray. But I just felt like I'd done all. I prayed all I knew to pray. And I got up, and never will forget this, if I let it be a thousand years old. I walked back down that slopey hill, and I just got to that gateway and that yard fence and that little spring. And I opened that little gate up, and I'm telling you what, folks, it's almost like I could hear angel wings fluttering. There's a presence come on me from glory land that I had never experienced in my life. And I'm going to tell you what, it's just like God said, I'm with you. I'll strengthen you. Behold, they that are incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. And I'm going to tell you what, the glory of God came on me and he put a surge of power in me. I was ready to attack hell with a squirt gun. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, I you this onto, I jumped across that spring and said, bless God Almighty, they ain't heard no preaching yet. God, I'll tell you I want to let her rip, Amen. Amen. What happened? Pray, believe, God comes. I'm talking about something. You learn something from, from this woman, Hannah. And so she bargained with God and God delivered her. According to your faith, so be it. That's what the Bible said. We know what our problem is. We want to live in such a comfort zone. We'll never need God. But then God sent a blessing. Amen. Number nine, God sent a blessing. She conceived a son and bare a son. And I want to tell you something, children are a blessing. And she began to be fruitful. And then there was a birth. That child was born, and then there was the beauty of it. Oh, my goodness. Do you think she ever got up in the morning, and walked in there, and said to Penny, with two or three kids sitting around her knees, and she got one at her breast, and she's uh, loving on all them kids, and she's sitting over no child. But oh, God gave her Samuel. I tell you what, I believe that's a beautiful sight. She had that little baby up to her breast and he's a smacking away, amen. I'll tell you what, she's a grinning and the glory of God's blessed her and said, I got him from God, amen. And this boy belongs to God. Did you know what else? You read chapter two and about verse number 20, you're gonna find out she had three boys and two more girls, amen. amen. Woo! I'm talking about bountiful. I'm talking about if you live the life of Hannah and believe God Almighty and quit moping around about how bad life is and rick up to God how mighty he is, God might change things for you too. Amen. Hey, but I'm going to ask you a question. If he doesn't change it, will you still love him? That's a real question. Amen. And we talk about bountiful. That boy that she prayed for, that God gave, changed Israel. Now you read the book of Samuel. There's two books named after him, and 2 Samuel. And you talk about a man that changed the world. Oh, don't you think mama was blessed? Sister, sister I believe it's Wilson, ain't it? Yeah, last time I checked, it's Sister Wilson. And I tell you, I'm getting old or something. I can't remember nobody's name. You. Everybody's name is you in here. But anyway, i am tell you what, can you imagine her sitting there and she's 85 years old and her son anointing David Her son, that circuit riding preacher going all over me and turning Israel back to Almighty God. Her son, watch this, her son that she prayed for, setting the stage for David in the kingdom. In Solomon's kingdom. I'm talking about, you're talking about what prayer do. You know what? That's what we got to do. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, I got good preachers coming. promise you. But they're not bringing bringing revival in the pocket. It's going to come from prayer here. It's going to come from brokenness here. It's going to come. He said, Lord, we got a backslidden preacher called Reg Kelly. And Lord, in spite of him, would you please work in our midst? <laughs> Amen. You say, Reggie, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a church. Hey, loves, am going to move from Hannah to the church right now. It's going to be real quick. The church the one, all across America right now the barren churches. Oh, amen. I don't want to live in a barren church. Amen. You say, but what are you talking about? I'm talking about barren church where nobody's ever saved. Nobody gets under conviction. Nobody's called to preach. Nobody's going to mission field. Nobody's doing nothing for God. They're barren. They don't affect their community. They're doing nothing outside the walls of their church. They're as barren as Hannah. I want to tell you something right now I don't tend to live in a barren church. Amen. Amen. We don't have to live in a barren church. Amen. I told you about the hospital visit up there in, in Springfield on the third floor was death, but on the second floor was the babies. Amen. I want to be down there where all the babies is at and everybody's giggling, goggling and lying out their teeth about how pretty their baby is. I'm going to tell you something about a newborn baby, a child of God, he is pretty. Amen. I'll tell you what, God can take the meanest looking, roughest thing you've ever seen in your life. I'll tell you, I don't care what the devil did with him and God can turn that into a beautiful person in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, the church is barren but is the church bothered? I do want to, does not bother you that nobody's even saved? I want to ask you is your spiritual life barren? I'm going to tell you somebody how to get bothered. I'll pay, brother Danny, you've been dealing with me, me and old Danny, I'll tell you what, we go, don't you, don't you say nothing about that guy, I'll knock your teeth out. I'm just that kind of preacher, I'm a Nehemiah. I'll lay hands on you. Old oh, Nehemiah wasn't talking about doing that either. He talking about, I'm going to tell you something. You listen to me. I'm talking about the fact of it is Danny talking about these churches, they're shutting down on Sunday nights, ain't they, Danny? They're saying, oh, we're going to quit having churches. You know, what's, you know why they're shutting down on Sunday nights? Because they're barren. 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 And nobody's willing to get broken and burdened. I tell you what, we ought to have a Holy Ghost bitterness about us that there ain't nobody being saved next Sunday. Oh, you'll be out here next week. We're going to have a baptism. I'm going to dunk that, 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 that stamper boy for about six. Where are you at back here? Is he back here anywhere? There he is. You're going under for about six minutes. How long can you hold your breath, buddy? And if you ain't been baptized yet and you've been saved, you'll be here next Sunday between the services. We're going to have a baptism. And if it all works out, we're having a tank over there too so we can get you one side of the church or the other. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, churches are not bothering. No Wednesday night service, no prayer meeting. Ain't no wonder you shut Wednesday night down, you just about shut the door to that stinking place. You shut Wednesday night down, you just about shut it down because it's going to be through prayer. 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 So I went, it was boring. You're right. Nobody's here today to entertain you anyway. We come to pray and prayers work. If it ain't, why don't you pray more? Huh? You know, it takes something. It takes commitment. It takes brokenness. It takes a burden. It takes somebody bothered to keep praying and praying and praying when you don't feel like praying. Barren churches. They're not burdened. They're not bothered about nothing. Bitterness. I want to tell you something about you young Christians. Somebody lied to you and told you you'd get saved and everything would be wonderful and be a better rose than here to heaven. That's a lie. Amen. Getting saved didn't turn out like you thought it would. There was trials and temptations and battles and betrayals and disappointments and tragedies. And you were bitter. You better get over that, amen. amen. You better let God break you of your self-life and your pride and your misplaced affections and your hardness of heart. Oh, Jacob was going through there and he was the grandson of, of uh, Abraham. And he had a lot of stuff and everything, all that garbage. He'd come back down through there and he, God knew how to break him. He was going to meet his brother. And he got, that night before, the angel wrestled with him. He wrestled all night with the angels. your praying. We wrestle not against principalities. Rulers of the darkness, this world. he prayed. And you know what? The morning come, he said, let, let me go. He said, I ain't letting you go unless you bless me. Now that's where you got to get did you know the Holy Spirit would say, just see if you'll let go? What you listening? He said, I ain't letting you go till you bless me. Now, watch this, hang on to your hat. Old Jacob said, I ain't letting you go. I'm gonna keep praying. Yeah. Amen. Let me go, the days breaking. I ain't letting you go till you bless me. He said, All right. Got a deal. Struck him in the thigh, hip, and the Bible said from that moment on, he limped. Every step he he took the rest of his life, he was reminded of his brokenness before God and his need of Almighty God. You see, the blessing wasn't what he thought it was going to be. He thought the blessing was going to be, oh, you're going to protect me from Esau and all this kind of stuff and everything. You're going to make sure everything goes good in my life. No, he said, I'm going to make you limp the rest of your life. That's going to be your blessing because it's going to keep you close to God, going to keep you from being proud, keep you from being arrogant, keep you from thinking you're something when you're nothing. And that's what God does in in this thing. The church needs a blessing. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. He, the, they, this church ought to bargain with God. You know what this church ought to do? It's saying, God, you large our coast, we'll give. I mean, Lord, we'll go, we'll give. We'll do what we got to do. We'll witness. We'll send the gospel out every way we can. And I want to tell you something. I've done, I, I, I can't tell everything. I will preach one, but I'm going to say this to you. God has done like he did with Hannah in this church. God has sent the blessing. The seed was sown in Hannah, and the seed has been sown from this church. And every time there's a gospel tract given out, we're planting the seed of God. When the CDs are given out when the internet messages go out. had a man text me this morning. He said, God, I found you on the internet. Uh, I've listened to three sermons far. Man, I just love that preaching. He said, I want to encourage you in preaching and in our personal evangelism, our revivals, our camp meeting, the mail outs, the paper ads, the Facebook, every way we can, sowing the word of God to everybody we can, every time we can, every place we can. And I'm asking God, I'm asking God to send missionaries out of this church. I'm asking God to pour spirit out Upon preachers in this church who don't have to have it all ready for set for them and all everything picked up. I'm asking God, do that which is exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Amen. And then we'll see the birth. Souls saved. Then we'll see the beauty of it, new Christians, and dedication and service and changed lives. But I want to tell you something this woman did, and I left it out a while ago. She put that boy under the blood. If you'll catch that, she had a sacrifice and killed a an bullock. And what that's a picture of, she put that boy on the blood of the lamb, on the blood of sacrifice. And that's where we got to get at. And then the bountiness, the fullness of life. Can I be honest with you? I, I just being honest with you, yeah, church life's kind of tough in a way, but my goodness, what a blessing that God has been to this church. Amen. What a joy, the privilege that God has given us in this church. And the blessing, he's, he's given life to us. He has not left us barren. Man, I'm telling you something. It's exciting to be around the birthing station. Amen. It's exciting when somebody says, comes and says, Reggie, my son was saved at the house last night. Or somebody was saved over here, whatever. And somebody's get, getting closer to God. And somebody's growing in the Lord. I want to ask you about yourself this morning and we close. Is your life barren? But the before I was saved, my life was barren. I'll tell you why it's barren because 18 years of age, you got to call me to preach, and I wasn't doing it. And I wanted fruitfulness of life out of the world like we talking in Sunday school class. We were created for his glory. I want to tell you something tonight. I'm not talking about entertainment and excitement, I'm talking about fruitfulness. But life is barren without Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here listening to me this morning and you you're without Christ, you've never been saved. I want to tell you something. Your life's barren. And what you try to do is you try to fill that barrenness seed with all this stuff that the world can do. That's what, that's what goes on is trying to fill that barrenness. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. What's your life counting for? Maybe I'm an oddball. I don't know. But I'm going to be honest with you, Brother Lonnie. I don't think I could hardly stand to exist if I did not have a higher purpose. Amen. Amen. And that's where Solomon was, we mentioned earlier said, I've done all this. I've accomplished all this. I'm the king of the land. I've gotten how many? 700 wives and 300 concubines. And the guy's still not happy? I wouldn't be either. (laughs) Maybe that's why he's miserable. (laughs) I don't know. Man, I'm going to tell you. And then he had vineyards and he had ponds and he had buildings. He he had all these projects and unlimited money to do with. And he said, it's all vanity. I am telling you this morning. We're getting ready to have a camp meeting. All I want, I'll, I'll ask you one thing as a pastor. Just do what God tells you to do. Amen. Just obey the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about what anybody thinks or don't think. You get rid of your fear of man and you just say, Lord, thy will be done in my life. If you'll do that, you'll see, you'll see something you won't never forget the rest of your days. I want to ask you, are you barren? Does your barrenness bother you? I honestly think brother Danny, that people are bothered at these churches around the country that yeah. shut him down. I think there's some bothering. I'm not sure they know exactly what to do, but they're bothered. They drive by. They're sitting in their house on Sunday evening about six 7 o'clock. And you normally they'd be at church and the church has shut its doors. That ought to bother anybody. It ought to burden us. It ought to bother us that children are being taught that they can't know whether they're male or female. It ought to bother us that junk is being taught in our schools and our churches. It ought to bother us about these issues. Amen? Amen? It ought to bother us. We ought to burden us. Oh God, this nation needs revival. Let me just tell you something, folks. They ain't, Donald Trump and nobody else, the Republican Party is not going to save this country. There's only one person to save this country. That's Jesus Christ Almighty. And that is the American people getting back to the Word of God. And I'm saying to you this, are we burdened? Does it burden you? Does it bother you where this nation's headed? You say, well, I'm just one person. Moses was one person. Abraham was one person. David was one person. Amen. Are you willing for God to break you? Can you endure backslid leaders? Would you make a bargain with God? Say, God, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give my children to you. I never will forget my mom. And she's probably listening. This had a big effect on me. My mom and my dad was married. And they had the two oldest brothers. And dad had been back from the war. And you know, everybody was just glad the war was over. And they just wanted to try to have some good times. I'm sure that didn't really mean all bad, but she said, your dad and I got to where we'd go down to Creek. We got to where we wouldn't go to church. And they had them two little boys. And she said, my mama come walking down. She lived about a quarter mile from my folks. And my grandma come down, Sister early. And I want to tell you the power of being a grandma. She said, She'd come to my door. And I said, mama, come on in. My grandma's name is Carrie. Carrie Rhodes, her folks were drowned in the Illinois River when she was a small girl. She was put in an orphanage. She treated very badly. Her brothers found her up in Iowa in, a, in a home. Come and got her. Amazing story. God saved her and she was a woman of prayer. And my grandmother came down to mom and she always called mama Reet. My mom's name is Loretta. She said, Reet, I want to talk to you. She said, God's given you these two little boys. I said, you're not in church. You're going off down to the creek on Sundays and doing your deal. I said, Reed, it ain't right. And my mama said, she said, Reggie, it bothered me. I didn't like what grandma said. She said, I took offense at it. Didn't take it very well. And I just kind of cold. And she said, my, my mother left, went back up the house and said, she hadn't been gone very long watching That the Holy Spirit took. She knew her mother loved her. She knew her mother was right. And my mother was broken that day. And she knelt and said, I knelt down by my couch. And I'm thinking right now, as sorry as we've been, I'm still grateful. And she said, God, forgive me. And God, I'll promise you this that if I'm able, I'll have them boys in church every time the doors is open. God forgive me. I've seen my mother load us boys up in a wood wagon behind a 420 John Deere tractor in deep snow, put hay bales in it, her get on that tractor and take us to church, and nobody there. She implanted in me that God is real. He's important. The Bible's true. I didn't know a whole lot. But I knew God wasn't to be messed with. I want to ask you something. Have you ever dedicated, I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about some rinky neat church service where the preacher comes up and acts smart and it makes all your relatives happy. I'm talking about, have you ever in the deepness of your soul said, dear God in heaven, you gave me these kids, I want to give them back to you. God, you gave me my life, I want to give it back to you. Have you in Romans 12 presented your body a living sacrifice. I'm going to tell you all something. I've never seen anything like it. It's going to take some kind of dedication for you to raise your kids in this wicked, adulterous generation. I'd give it everything I had. I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't let them sit in front of the TV. I wouldn't let them have access. You say, Reggie, they're going to find it someday. Yeah, there'll be someday. But I tell you what, you can talk to them and you can deal with them. But I wouldn't just let the world have them. Amen. I wouldn't put them on school bus who I didn't know who they're sitting by on the way to school, saying what to them, showing what to them. Let me just tell you about your preacher. You listen to me. i ashamed to say it. But I was poisoned with pornography on a yellow school bus. It affected my life Forever. You think my mom and dad knew anything about it, Brother John? Not hardly. You think I told him anything about it? Not hardly. And your kids ain't going to either. The best you can do. You say, well, I can't just isolate them. Well, I wonder what Hannah did for those years till she took him up to the house of God. Are you listening? Let me tell you about Hannah. Now, stay cool, okay? Don't get mad at me. The barrenness you really want to watch out for is the barrenness of a busy life. Your car, don't, the engine don't get hot cool on it before there's some place to take the kids, some place to go. something got to get done. You have no time to really get along with the God, to really read his word, to really seek his face, to let his spirit work within you. You're so busy, you're barren. Now, I'm going to say something to you. You need a radical change of life. That's where this church is headed. Listen, I'm just going to tell you. And there'll be some of you that'll float off because you don't want it. No way shape in the world. You will not have it. You've already set yourself against God. But what God looks for is a radical change of the way you live. That's why he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Present your body, renew your mind. You learn to think differently than this world thinks through the Word of God. You take it seriously. Lord, help us today. Let's stand together. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I appreciate you. coming before the Lord in your heart and your spirit right now. I want to ask you a question. Is there a barrenness in your soul today? No purpose for existence? I'm going to tell you something. You can go to work every day of your life and you can make good money and you can have things and be as barren as a rock. today if you say you know what I need I need a radical change and I'm not sure where God's going to take me but I'm going to come today and present myself to God I want you to step out right now Lord my life is barren and I want a radical change God I don't know where we're going but I'll just tell you this much I'm going with you would you step out right now without any begging and pleading I want to be like Hannah I'm not going to be satisfied with a barren life I'm not satisfied with a barren life God bless you. God bless you there. Some others, you need to come today. God, I want, a, I want a life that's bountiful. The only place you're going to get a bountiful life is through Jesus Christ. You may be here today and you're lost right now to ask you to call upon the name of the Lord. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ's Death, burial, resurrection, his shed blood for your sins. God to save you right where you're at. But I'm going to tell you something right now, folks. We need a generation of people who want a radical change in the way they live life. And they're not going to have the barrenness of a busy life. This world keeping you going everywhere, doing all kinds of stuff. All it's doing is keeping you from God Almighty. You check your Bible out. God had to break men from their busyness. It's truth. I'm asking you to come. God, I want a radical change in my life. I want the power that you gave Hannah. I want the blessing that you gave Hannah. I want the bountifulness that you gave Hannah. I want a life that is not barren. God bless you, young lady. Some of you young people, some of you older people, would you come? God, I want a bountiful life. I don't want a life without the blessings of Almighty God. God bless you there and God bless you there. May God give you grace. God, I want your bounty in my life. It will require brokenness. It will require dealing with bitterness, but it will be worth it all. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you need to blow that TV at your house with a shotgun. It's killing your family, killing your spirituality. If you can't handle it, you need to get rid of it. It doesn't happen all overnight. It's little by little. Inch by inch, it takes away the spirit of God's power in your life. Would you come? Lord, I want to change. I want, I want my life to count for God. It's giving people a chance and time to do business with God this morning. That's what we're here. If we're not here for that, God help us. Maybe you're here today and God's called you to the mission field. And you'd want to, today, you would say, God, you, you want to settle it out. God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go. Maybe God's called you to the ministry of some way, some fashion. God. Maybe you don't know what God wants you to do but you'd be willing to say Lord I want to do what you'll have me to do. God bless you there. Have thine own way Lord have thine own way Thou art the potter I am the clay Mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still. We're going to pray and I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to think about things this week to think on these things that's been preached today about the life of Hannah. And I can't help but say today, my daughter Hannah is not here today, but we named Hannah after Hannah. And you know an amazing thing? Hannah has been a, a girl of prayer most of the life I've known her. and She's still today. If I want somebody, need really somebody, I want to get somebody to get a hold of God, she's one of the first I'd call. I'm honest with you. I want, I want everybody to look up at me just a second here and I want to be careful about what I say. I was told this week and I'm not going to mention any places or any names but a man's 14 year old daughter came home from school recently here in this area close to here and told her dad and mom that she's decided she's a boy. This isn't Kansas City safe with This right here in this area. Now, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to promise this church. If God will help me and God will give me grace, we're going to stand. Amen. That's right. Amen. We're not succumbing, and I'm not going to be silent on this thing. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, I want you children to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just say something to you today God beautifully created you, male or female. That's right. Amen. He didn't make any mistake. That's Amen. right and I'm not putting up with this garbage and I'm not going along with it. Now, that don't mean I hate anybody. The wrong is wrong. If Reg Kelly does, it, it is wrong. Amen? But I'm telling you folks something. We better get serious about serving God. And I'm not talking about putting a sour look on your face and being down in the mouth. I'm talking about with the joy of the Lord in your soul, knowing that you have the truth. I'm so glad I don't believe that garbage. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for a book, a Bible, that I know the truth. I'm happy about it. Amen. <laughs> so you turn around and tell somebody you're happy about it too, and you can go home. We'll see you tonight. Amen. Amen. Brother-